a member of the DATC media family. This is Dropped Among This Crowd, a podcast that dives into the music and community of improvisational progressive rock band, Humphreys McGee. Each episode will feature a rotating schedule of insightful show recaps, interviews with members of Team UM, as well as musicians who have been inspired by the band. This is your place for the latest news and happenings in the world of Humphreys McGee, keeping you informed on what's going on or where you can catch the next show. I'm your host, Sarah J. Thanks for joining me as we dive in. Are you prepared for what comes next? Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for joining me for this week of Dropped Among This Crowd. I'm your host, Sarah J. I hope that you were able to check out last week's episode where we got into the four nights across the Pacific Northwest. March 2nd at Midtown Ballroom in Bend, Oregon. March 3rd at McDonald Theater in Eugene, Oregon, March 4th at the Showbox in Seattle, Washington, and March 5th at Crystal Ballroom in Portland, Oregon. There is a link in the show notes where you can check that out if you missed it. This week on the show, I welcome back progressive funk rock jam band, Mosey Beat, guitarist Taylor O'Connor, drummer Blair O'Connor, and new bassist Thomas Hart. Mosey Beat was on the show the first time back in 2020. There is a link in the show notes where you can give that a listen if you're interested. And just like everyone else in the world, a lot has changed since the last time they were on the show. We talk about the seamless transition of bringing Thomas into the band, how the pandemic and the addition of a new bass player helped change and mature their creative process, and how the connectivity of their improv has become tighter since their recent lineup transition. We chat about their new live album, Live at Pine Ridge Festival, which I highly recommend giving that album a spin. I say it a whole bunch of times throughout our conversation, but I really, really enjoyed that live album. So it's definitely on my high list of recommendations. Links for where you can find that are in the show notes. We get to know Thomas a little better. He elaborates on his journey with music and shares some of his influences. And Thomas talks about seeing Umphreys McGee for the first time which just recently happened, and how their live show has inspired his playing. The guys recall the experience of playing an after show after the recent Umphrey show in Bethlehem, PA on January 15th, the first time they've gotten to do that. So, of course, so exciting for the guys. And we fantasize about what it would be like if one of the guys from Umphrey's were to sit in with Mosey Beat during a future after-party show. That was a lot of fun. Taylor and Blair share their opinion on how Umphreys has been playing in 2023 and how a band that's still playing a quarter century later inspires them. We also reflect on how everyone has grown over that time and so much more. Thanks so much to Taylor, Blair, and Thomas for taking the time. 
always a blast chatting with these guys, and it was really awesome getting to meet their new bassist, Thomas. I am very excited to finally check out a Mosey Beat show live. I was before, unfortunately, that didn't happen with COVID and just kind of everything else. Um, but especially with their new lineup. And like I said, I love their new live album. Really looking forward to seeing them. Try my best to get them to come to Buffalo. We'll see if I can work my magic and uh, make that happen. If you are a subscriber of Crooked Conversations, Keep your eyes peeled for a review of their new live album, Live at Pine Ridge Festival, within the pages. That is shaping up to be the biggest issue yet, creeping in on like 46 full color pages. It's so stacked with so much info, so much stuff to read about, so many pictures, Awesome, awesome issue. Pre-order info will be coming soon for that. Or if you're interested in a subscription, check out patreon.com slash DATC Media Company for more. Hey, Carl, guess what? What, man? Not only is there a Patreon for Dropped Among This Crowd Media, which already is a great way to support, but for those who are getting cold feet and not sure, there's now a 14-day trial. You can see some of the benefits that you get at the Oh, Patreon. shut the front door. Some conversations that you don't get on the show. Will and I are about to record a football one. Actually, Carl and I are uh, recording longer and longer interviews. I don't know if they're all going to make the podcast. Mm. But you will always be able to find the full version of the interview. It's a good problem to have. On Patreon, yes. We've, talk we've been talking to some talkers. Yeah, that's for sure. But, you know, there's going to be more more content more and more benefit and gosh dang it just helps sarah create more podcasts there's so many things on the back burner and sherman will be with us every day right sherman sherman's nibbling on my knee right now i miss my birdie <laughs> and as always thank you sarah hey rob what's up carl guess what time it is time for another season of on this. That's right. You guessed it. How'd you guess it? <laughs> I don't know, but You're I'm so smart. We just did our first three interviews and they were lengthy. I can't wait to share them with the audience. We're not afraid to go deep. Uh, we're going to jump into Juniper Tree. We're going to jump into, what was Joel's band's name again? Something Bob. Right? Something Stomper about Bob. Bob. Stomper, Stomper Bob. Bob. We're going to go back in time. And we're also gonna... Tashi Station. But we're also going to talk to people like Daniel Donato and Michael Palmasano and, and other folks. And Carl's going to make more mystery songs. And we're gonna he's going to make dishes that relate to the guests. We might even talk about Bigfoot and aliens. Who knows? A lot of food, a lot of conspiracies, a lot of sports, and a whole lot of bullshit. Just, Tune in. Just natural conversation. Nothing forced, nothing scripted. Just real. Real life. Indeed. All right. Here is my chat with Taylor, Blair, and Thomas from the progressive funk rock jam band Mosey Beat. Well, it's really great to have you guys back. I was going back through when the last time you guys were on the show. Um, and first off, happy belated birthday, Taylor. Thank you. <laughs> That's exciting. Um, so, yeah, the last time that you guys were back on the show was in 2020. It's like the first few months of the pandemic, you guys were guests on the show. And I mean, telling by your faces, you probably feel the same way that I do. It's just like, 
<laughs> that's kind of a mind fuck that just seems like ages ago, doesn't it? Yeah. It, it yeah, just feels absolutely. like so long ago. <laughs> it feels like it's forever in the past, but it's not. <laughs> it's it's like, not. Oh, it's, Thomas it's, is like, yeah, it feels like so long ago. Oh, yeah, so this is Thomas. <laughs> so back then we had Dave, right? So Thomas joined the band last year. So yeah. this is his first time. But yeah, 20... See, so much change in a couple of years. <laughs> yeah, that's that's exactly what I was going to lead with. And for anybody listening, episode 107 is the first time you guys were on, if, if anybody wants to go back and listen to that, which I did. And it was just, it was crazy. We were all in totally different places back then. And I know my life has completely changed in those three years. And I'm sure personally for you guys, it has. And as, as you mentioned, you have a new bass player. So elaborate on some things that have happened. You guys had another studio album and two live albums since then. So talk about the last three years. If you feel like going into personally, go ahead. Um, but also just as, as Mosey beat has changed over the three years. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we dropped, I think the last time we were on, we had just put out Night Sun mm -hmm. and then we put out Day Moon pretty shortly after that. Um, and then the two live albums came actually when Thomas joined the band. So our old bass player, Dave got a job, uh, full-time teaching. So he had nice. his hands full and yeah. So it was like really awesome. And also a good time for us to start looking for a bass player because Dave was ready to, you know, go full on with that. And we found Thomas through a recommendation of a friend of ours uh, named Sean that used to teach at the music shop I worked at a bunch of years ago. And so when he joined the band, it was it was awesome. It was like, uh, it's over, just over a year now, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so just over a year. And the first live album we released with Thomas had all of our older stuff on it. There was no new songs debuted, but that was a pretty cool show because it was our first time doing an opening show for a national touring band, which was uh, Spafford. And mm -hmm. it was at the Sherman Theater and we had a great turnout and they had a great turnout. It was just a really good night of music. And it, we felt like it encompassed a lot of like where we moved with Thomas in the first two months of him gigging with us. And uh, like, believe it or not, the, the music, when you listen to it, like it feels, it feels tighter to, to us even than it was, but it was like two months with Thomas and like, he just hopped on board and killed it. Um, and then the second live album was the live at Pine Ridge, which was in October of, la of this past year, which I'm sure we're going to talk more about, but uh, Thomas, is there anything you want to say about? Yeah. It was just a uh, really quick like, transition into the band. Like, I was just rehearsing with them for like a month and then I was already playing gigs with them. Well, that's also because when we had our first show with Thomas, we had started yeah, rehearsing in January and then February came around, we were going up to Vermont and Dave had to teach or something. Oh, he had a, a student yeah. recital. He had like a recital, yeah, yeah. A, a recital. And he couldn't miss it, so he was like gonna cut it really close and get up to Vermont. like you know, cutting it really close to showtime and Taylor and I were just like, well, you know, we got Thomas, like, he seems good to go, ready to go. And he's down, like, let's ask him. Kind of threw him to the wolves. We asked him and he was like, yeah, I'm down. So. Yeah, it was definitely a cool way to like, 
kick it off the band like playing out of state. Yeah. We went out yeah. for a month for a couple of days and had a good time. We actually ended up landing a another gig because we brought Thomas up there. We were able to play an open mic um and land a gig at Orlando's in Burlington uh because of that. So that actually helped us out. That's how you know it's right. Oh absolutely, yeah. Exactly. Things been great with Thomas. I mean, that Spafford show, we had a lot of support from, uh, you know, fans and friends, and we made new new fans along the way because we've had people come up to us that shows since then. We still have and, people coming. Yeah, we still have Didn't people. Didn't you play with Spafford? Yeah. Like, oh, I, I saw I forgot. you guys. Yeah, they were like, no, I saw you guys playing for Spafford. It's like we have random people come up to us, and it's like, all right, that's awesome. That, you know, we were doing something right. So, you know, we made an impact on those people. That was cool. Definitely. That's exciting. So how has your sound and your creative process matured as a band and individually going through the pandemic and just how the world has changed over the past three years? Oh, wow. That's a good question. So we just recently talked about the three of us, our creative process, how it's come a long way since what used to be basically just Blair and I, I'd play a riff for Blair or a part of a song. And then he'd be like, yeah, it's cool. And then we try and develop off that, or we'd like develop that part together. He'd sing me parts and I try and play them on the guitar and stuff. And that was kind of like always how we did it. Um, but during the pandemic, it was weird because I didn't have a lot of like want to play like, by myself too much i would only just want to jam with the band or like you know that was basically it but like once the pandemic kind of slowed like kind of started opening up again where we were able to play shows again that's when i kind of got more inspired again to play on my own and really work on my stuff because it was just you know it was such a home you know it's like a topsy-turvy world now you know but mm-hmm. i think that uh getting back out and playing with the band had me open up again but it's also probably a little discouraging considering we we're canceling shows after shows yeah. after shows during that <laughs> mm-hmm. time period. It's like the mm-hmm. last thing you want to do is think about playing your instrument when, you know, <laughs> you're kind of like watching all your shows get canceled, everything that you've worked for and working for. But I think moving forward from that, like even like uh, writing for Daymoon, most of that happened during the pandemic. Um, and there is a song on there, two songs that were, um, tunes off of our first recording that we ever did that uh, was called Flight. And the songs are Eastern Rise and Death by Swine. And we kind of reworked them a little bit, tightened them up and, and recorded them again. So a lot of that writing was like, there's only five tracks. There's three new ones that happened during the pandemic. But since Thomas joined the band, a lot of what we've been doing is creating together. Like he, Thomas is a super creative person in the in the way that he comes up with riffs and brings them to the band too, which is, something Blair and I weren't used to. So it's really nice to have like a third creative mind where he wants to bring us something and say, Hey man, this is what I've been working on. Let's try it out. And we do. And we've been coming up with all these nice little chunks of things. I've got like 15 phone recordings right now that we're working off of these different parts that either I came up with or he did, or Blair found a a nice spot in the jam and was like, Hey, let's start playing that. Um, so it's been really cool creatively in, in that aspect with the three of us being able to really create a whole tune, making our parts happen and everything. And we, and, um, we actually, on 
the live album, there's two new ones, right? There's Equanimity and Final In. Yeah. And Equanimity was the first song we wrote with Thomas. And uh, it fe- the, the, the main riff um, right after the intro is a bass line that Thomas came up with and, and brought to us and was like, hey, I've been playing this. What do you guys think? And we created basically within a month had a whole song flushed out like after a couple of rehearsals and, and, and ready to go. And it was just a cool process. And I think the start of a lot of really good music to come, at least in my eyes, you know? Yeah. And I think another thing that's been nice about, you know, working with, with Thomas as well, you know, it's like, um, we're all, we're all contributing and, you know, every, we're all, we're trying everything. We're not, we're, we're, we're all very open to trying everything, even even if like you know we're very much sharing our own idea in that moment. Like we're mm-hmm. still trying each other's ideas, so that way we can like see which one best fits the part and see which one really sounds like home to to the section. You know, yeah, because songwriting as a group is such an art form. <laughs> you know, yeah, because yeah. everybody's yeah. got their own influence and that they want to contribute. And there's no like right or wrong. It's just like you know what's serving the song in the moment yeah, and what serves and what flows and it can change from day to day too like we'll write a part and we'll be really happy with that part and then the next time we go back to rehearse it might be like oh, let's tweak that a little bit you know yeah it's nice that you guys are able to have an open mind and listen to each other's ideas and and put your own kind of ego i guess you could say to the side and and not just have such a well this was my idea so we're going to use it mentality you're all very open to to ideas and receptive, as you said, for, you know, the betterment of the song, that's what the the final thing is that you want is a great song instead of just having a individualistic idea toward your songwriting. Yeah. Cause I mean, otherwise we'd all be solo artists. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> for, hire, you know? for sure. And, and with that, no, none of us would have any gigs. <laughs> <laughs> You have done some solo shows, though, Taylor, right? Uh, yeah, I do, but that's a lot of um, dead like, covers and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so... Go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say, it's cool with our songwriting. When we from, like, other groups I play with in the past, like, we all have, like, a drive where we spend a lot of personal time practicing. So I think the ideas we bring into the writing, you get exposed to, like, new concepts that the other person is working on. So it kind of makes you pushes like the other person to learn to practice because usually the concept the other one isn't familiar with well, I, yeah. I totally agree with that like there's a lot of stuff that thomas does that i would never have thought to play along to just in my own personal playing like i'm uh for the better or worse of it like mostly just a rock guitarist with like some jazz funk influences and then like you know thomas will bring me something that's just a little bit more out of my realm and i listen to it and like and, and inspired to try something over it because you know why not <laughs> Yeah, that's exciting. It's great that it it pushes each of you in different directions out of your comfort zone and and keeps a freshness then to your sound and the band as well. Without a doubt. Right. It also helps expand like our our improv without like, you know, it's our improv. I feel like we we all could probably agree is that it's it's on a nice level right now and it just keeps expanding. We're getting a lot of you know, I don't know what you call it, A-B jams or type two jams, whatever, when you have one section and, and you're able to create a second section off of it and really work the whole improv. Like, I mean, I don't know how many recordings that we've done now, the live shows where we listen back, we're like, wow, we've got like real two section jams here and like some really nice songs forming on stage, you know? Sometimes those will even end up turning into like, we'll have like a few, like, 
ideas that end up occurring with two sections. Like you go yeah. from, you know, you, you may be inspired and then we end up transitioning into something that sounds completely different and just keep going. It's like the one, but the one night I remember listening back to some of the stuff and it was like five different sections in one jam, but it was all like a cohesive flow. Yeah, there's been nice. There's been some really nice moments there, especially with Thomas. Yeah, the connectivity I think is definitely with all the writing we've been doing. I think like it's all heightened. Definitely the improv part of it as well. I would agree with that. I listened to uh, your newest live album you mentioned earlier, the Live at Pine Ridge Festival um, from October eighth. I think that was twenty twenty two. I highly recommend listening to that. I really, really, really enjoyed it, guys. That was a really killer show. And you can tell the tightness in the jams and just throughout the entire thing. Um, you can definitely tell the the connectivity that you guys have um, off the stage. It translates well, really, on the stage. Um Something that was interesting to me, Taylor, was that a lot of your guitar sound reminded me of Al from Mo. I was listening yeah. to a, a lot of it, and, and I was like, wow, he's, he sounds a lot like Al right now. I mean, and I'm outside. When I go to a Mo show, I'm outside. So, you know, you're, you're talking to my heart there. Um, elaborate a little bit more on that. Yeah, do you? Okay, okay. You guys are like the best Mo cover band. I'm like, we play one Mo song. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a big Mo fan too, so you, you're, you're talking to my heart there. But yeah. yeah it was that was great though it, it's a huge uh, compliment, compliment yes thank you. <laughs> for sure for sure <laughs> but i definitely recommend anybody i mean listen to any of your stuff but that new live release that you guys have done it's you can hear also the maturity in in your sound too i mean obviously you guys are are growing up and and maturing in your own lives and and things like that and you can tell that in this new live recording it's just very well done so congratulations on that thank, thank you. you so much there's you can also watch uh, youtube videos of it we have been posted um which is really fun to see like thomas really getting in the group <laughs> i'll say it was something like i know thomas is gonna hate this he's the most photogenic guy i've ever met like i can see it though with the hair thomas. and yeah oh, i mean i could God. see it <laughs> it's like they had a fan blowing on him the whole time i'm like dude yeah, they set up uh, the lights and had the camera crew off to the side. Or, you know, <laughs> pretty sure there was a table somewhere with some food on it with a label that said Thomas. <laughs> It was all blurred. <laughs> I love that. So, when do you guys see yourself uh, making another studio album? Oh, um, this is a conversation we just said. Hey, Thomas, why don't you? <laughs> so, so we've been talking about it. we've been in the midst of writing a bunch of new material, um, but we also are in no rush to um, record it necessarily. In a sense, like we want to, we want to get these songs that we have, like the ideas that we have, really well refined before we uh, bring it into the studio and track them down. So you might even see just another live release before we end up releasing another studio thing because the Pine Ridge Fest was in October, right? So, yeah. you know, we, we shedded pretty hard over the winter when we took off in December. We had a pretty light gigging schedule the past two months. So we've been really rehearsing a lot and, and just like working on things a lot in-house. So, you know, this, 
we're anticipating a good a good year for us, a good summer for us. So, you know, we might release a live thing that might have a you know something that might be seen on the next studio album for sure. Nice. Well, and then that's the nice thing about like live albums is it really gives you the feel of of what people are gonna experience when they see you. And so I'm I, I love live albums. Yeah, that's another thing. That's why uh, with this Pine Ridge one, that's why it was actually kind of important for us to get some video for it too. So we we hired a, a videographer and he he set up like six cameras and uh, he pieced them all together. He he definitely took his time too because you could tell through the cuts and the edits that he did it to the music and uh, he was definitely invested in it while he was doing it and you know put his heart into it it came out great so we're really trying to push that and you know hope people can enjoy you know our stage presence a little bit and and, and watch what we're doing up there opposed to just listening and yeah on that same route too our, all of our live not all of our well all of our live shows are recorded but then we release a, a good handful of them on archive and on band camps so there's always plenty of live stuff yeah for sure awesome awesome our jam in the new tracks we have on the live album i think like kind of show in a cool way how like we kind of like think about or anticipate the jams we're gonna get out of songs we're writing mm-hmm. so i feel like those new songs pushed like file when there's a jam and i think that pushed our jams into a different space absolutely got to know a cool phrygian yeah that was very that was a very fun jam i remember that one for sure. I'm telling everybody, listen, listen to that. Listen, you're not going to be disappointed. It's, it's really good. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah I'm going to, I'm going to make sure I link all this. Everybody needs to check it out. I am so here for it. And you guys need to come and play in Buffalo. And I know some people that own some venues here. So send right. me some shit and we're going to get you guys here in Buffalo. Yeah. We are interested. That's, that's the furthest north we need to go until yeah, we can get true. to the great white north, right? <laughs> <laughs> Just don't come now because it's so goddamn cold here still. For sure. Come in the summer when the weather is a little more forgiving, for sure. It's like the never ending winter this year. It's awful. Um, and see down here we've been getting like 50 degree days every five days <laughs> oh please you're you're making me so we get like one afternoon where it's really nice and then the next day there's just snow everywhere and i'm like i can't even right now guys no <laughs> too much passing i'm good <laughs> <laughs> all right well thomas i'm gonna ask you some questions now um tell me some more about your journey with music i read that you started playing violin at six so what inspired you to start playing the violin and just be interested in music in general yeah so like my whole family's musical like my mom went to a temple for uh, music and she's been giving music lessons for years so that was just all my siblings had to play me and all my siblings had to play instruments growing up so that's how i started on violin but then um <laughs> i didn't like that very much so like once i got the, i think it was a like fourth grade you could switch to like playing wind instruments at school yeah. so i started yeah. playing trumpet and i did that all through high school and did marching band but in high school, that's when I got into playing bass guitar, and that just quickly became the main instrument. I just liked the role of that played in the ensemble a lot more. Yeah. 
That's why my daughter just picked up the trumpet. She played piano. She started during the pandemic and was taking lessons with Joel. And this year for school, um, she was mad because they didn't have piano. But I told her it was a good thing because it made her pick a different instrument. And so she picked up the trumpet and it's amazing how great she is at it. And this will be next. It's like a natural progression. <laughs> yeah, she might. Better. She might. <laughs> and then she'll always have work because everybody's always looking for a bass player. That is true. <laughs> it's good for. Um, so what are some of your favorite bass players? Um, so I really like uh, Jocko Pastore. It's probably my like number one. I had a feeling you were going to say that just from listening to your playing. I swear to God, I was doing these questions and I'm like, he's totally going to bring up Jocko. <laughs> that's just pretty, pretty generic answer, but it's definitely a big influence on my playing. That whole yeah. weather report fusion style. Which, yeah. blends with us, which blends with our sound very well, considering, you know, even our previous bass player, that I'm pretty sure it was his top influence as well yeah. it's just our, our sound has got that a little bit of that jazz vibe yeah. to it so it yeah definitely yeah it that that's another thing too it did it it blended very well with the sound that you guys already had and it's it's again it that was just a fantastic live album i really enjoyed it i listened to it a couple times so it's it's right definitely on. very good and I, I get down with it it's good i even like put it on the other day when i was working out too and i was like prepping for our interview and i was like this is just really good <laughs> yeah it's good to work out to you too that's for sure it's I just a great yeah yeah <laughs> i also like really into like like motown and like soul bass players so like, yeah. Anyway, the bass playing for like Marvin Gaye records from Wolves and Pickett records, like that kind of bass playing is a big influence. And I think that like all those influences worked out worked out well because I think with Taylor and Blair, we have enough of like a overlap of music we like. But I think by also bringing in some other stuff that maybe they wouldn't be listening to as much on their yeah. own. So I think yeah. it definitely means there's a different feel to things. Yeah, yeah. Sure. And you know what? That's one of the things um, that's really great. Like. Umphreys McGee is that each of those six guys, they all have overlapping bands or artists that they all like, but then they each all have their own favorite artists and musicians. And then that's what they bring in. And that creates the sound that we hear. So that's a really great thing that you guys have going for you as well. I think it's the best thing that we have going because I mean, if we all like exactly the same thing, yeah, it would be like the most boring band on the on the market, you know. But For like sure. having this, the differences, yeah. Even Blair and I growing up together, we both listened to a lot of the Offspring and some Forty One and Blink One Eight Two, like the pop punk stuff in the early mid two thousands. But then we both had our own things that we really liked that we we dove down different rabbit holes and you know it's and that was like growing up in the same house together, you know, and listening yeah. to like all the same stuff, but having your own personal taste still, it's like yeah. totally applicable, you know? Yeah, like, uh, for sure. So Thomas, um, are, are you an Umphreys fan too, as much as these guys? Um, so I actually had never heard of Umphreys or like any modern jam band until I joined them. And then, uh, yeah, I'm not, definitely not as big of a fan as Blair, you know, like Taylor, they kind of like live and breathe it, especially Blair, but I'm definitely been <laughs> to a couple of concerts with Taylor and Blair. And so it's definitely something to get into. Yeah, for sure. So 
after seeing them since you weren't familiar with their music before meeting these guys and now that you've obviously listened and, and been to shows talk about what their sound and experiencing their live show how that's inspired your playing going forward i think their like level of communication during their jams when like their lives because like when i i'm still at this point even by the time i've seen them live i don't know like all their studio songs mm-hmm. that well so sometimes i don't even like they're improvising so well i don't know if it's like the song or the jam which is the best dude. Yeah. <laughs> something, so like i'm 10 years or more deep into listening to umphreys and it's like that's something that i actually miss from like day one or day two of listening to them and being like I don't even know. If yeah, the, I trust me. I completely understand what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, that was, I think that's like the biggest thing I've taken from seeing them. Cause that's something I was, like, like in here and my Mosey D were always working on. I was trying to get like the flow in the jams. Mm-hmm. They were always on the same page, and they definitely um, pre-springs that to the performance. Yeah, yeah. So you guys actually just played an after party after the Bethlehem show back in January, right? Yeah. Yeah. So talk about that. Is that the first time you played a show after an Umphrey show? Yeah, yeah, it is. <laughs> so talk about what that experience was like. So for us, it was the coolest thing ever. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm I mean, sure. We went to uh, the uh, Philadelphia show the night before. And yeah. I really enjoyed that. And that's Thomas was there. Yeah, that's the um, show that I think Thomas saw. And you know, he was I remember looking back at him during that show and he was just like just like in awe. He was And that's including a pony show. Yeah. It's a stone pony yeah. show like yeah. that really set the vibe, the mood for the next night. Yeah, yeah. we were we were just because so we you know how it is. I mean it's like, well, for any artist, they, they probably understand the feeling of like, you go and watch one of your favorite musicians play or your favorite bands, or, you know, you're, you're just super inspired to go home and play your, your own yeah. stuff. But yeah. then we were like, we're gearing up for a show the next day. And like, uh, it was just such an awesome experience. Like, okay, this weekend's dedicated to the music we love, like the band we love and our band that we love and, and love playing, you know? And so we, on Sunday night, we never really play a lot of Sundays anymore, especially at the Fun House. That was a place we used to play Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. It didn't matter. Like, been playing there for 10 years. Yeah, it's been a 10-year run there. And so we were like, we'll take a Sunday show because Umphrey's is going to be in town. Like, as soon as I saw it announced, we booked it. Um, I didn't even know if we were going to be able to get a turnout or not. But I was like, we got to. It's Umphrey's, right? Yeah. We, we did a lot of prepping for that, like just making sure that we had a, a nice – amount of tunes uh set set to play for that and we had just had a bunch of time off we only played one show before that after having like over a month off yeah so we had some fresh material too we debuted i think a song there yeah. uh called now be nowhere which is a newer tune that i think we released the recording i can't remember at the moment but it might be on our archive. Yeah. um so yeah it was great and we went over to the show and we handed out a bunch of flyers got a couple tunes we got we got to watch like the first set and then we went back to the fun house set up the show and and kind of just we played like a warm-up set and then we got a text from molly hey they're they're doing their um their encore and so we were like all right time to get into the real stuff and uh it was great to see people filing in that we didn't even know yeah you know it, it was like the perfect experience for us because it was like these are all umphreys people like people are fans of this band that now they get to see our band which 
is totally inspired to do the same kind of level of playing and, and, and everything. We aspire to be at that level of, of playing. And it was just a, a beautiful moment, at least in my eyes, where we see all these people rocking out and jamming to our tunes that had just seen Humphreys play in our hometown, you know? Yeah. And I want to say it was also a really, really dope of uh, just the, the Humphreys team in general, just to, you know, be cool with us handing out flyers and, you know, Sam let me keep some at the merch table, which was really awesome to him. So, you know, shout out to him. Thank you. And like, you know, really appreciate that stuff. So, yeah. It's always cool like, having an idea where you know, like most of the people in the audience are people who like get what you're trying to do. Yeah. People are expecting you to play like covers, like you can get what we're trying to do. You know, look at that. You're not playing with all the guys that are going to shout out Freebird. Yeah. <laughs> Thomas had his first experience. Blair and I have been playing with Mozit for 10 years, but Thomas had his first experience recently with, because uh, he was always in cover bands before playing live. And he, this guy came up and said, man, you guys are really good. He's like, but I'm not just going to come out and listen to you jam all the time. You got to play some songs people know. <laughs> our, new, our new merchandise idea is going to be, uh, <laughs> we're not positive, but I think it's going to say, uh, Mozy Beat, not your cup of tea. And anybody that comes up and, that and says stuff like that, we're going to hand a sticker. So here you go, take a sticker. All right, guys, no jamming. Stay the song. Bruce Springsteen covers all night. Let's go. It's a great merch idea for sure. You should definitely go with that. <laughs> I mean, that's going to be up there with our sticker. Like, uh, I think our other top sticker idea was um, was Mosey Beat, and in quotes it says, "That'll put hair on your balls." I like that. Yeah, I need that for my car. So if you do that, please. We need like we'll get more these stickers. We we'll gave them out in like a month. They were gone. They were gone. We need more. <laughs> that that'll go over real well in the line at school drop off. <laughs> oh my God, yes. So the, at the Pine Ridge Festival, we, I was hanging out, and this uh, woman and her uh, her boyfriend were there. I know pretty well, and she goes, "Hey, do you have any more of those stickers?" I'm like, "What stickers? I got a bunch of stickers." She's like, "No, no, the the hair on your ball is stickers." She's like, "We just trap. We just had to total our one van, and my kids loved that sticker, and I'm looking for another one, but not a new van." <laughs> So you're you're you'll be second in line, Sarah. We'll send you on as soon as I get the stickers in. Perfect. My kids are gonna love it too. My eight year old will think that is hilarious. So oh, it's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm 32 now, and I think it's hilarious. <laughs> the kids, so much for the kids. <laughs> so sometimes members of Umphreys sit in at an after party. So if you guys could have that happen, who would you like to sit in with you and what song would you play? Ooh. Ooh. That's a pretty good one. Because <laughs> there's like there's like a couple of different ways I, I could answer. I think we'll have to just answer ourselves. See, I would like to have Jake sit in because I like his playing a lot. Now I almost feel like I'd rather have Jake play and I'll sit down. <laughs> but if I was playing together with him, um, ah, I'd, I'd like to play a Floyd song with it, with a jam in it, like maybe have a cigar or young lust or something and put like a nice dance jam in there. Um, that would be a lot of fun. Cause I feel like there'd be a lot of bouncing back and forth that could happen with that. 
for sure. For sure. Oh man. <laughs> uh, that's tough. Honestly, uh, sorry, Thomas, but I asked, I, I might ask Dasik. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, he, like, the way he sinks into, like, pockets for jams, like, uh, just, like, the grooves he comes up with, and I don't know, like, I totally want to play with him, like, you know, to do some jamming with him, see what yeah. we can come across. But as far as the song is concerned, um, oh, man, I, I couldn't even, I don't even know. It, it could be any song. I really wouldn't even... Yeah, no, you wouldn't yeah. even like. You wouldn't even probably be mad about. It. You're just like whatever. We'll just play whatever. It doesn't yeah. matter. So what do you think? Like, if, yeah, maybe if, August. Maybe August. Uh, that would be a good one. So what do you think if like Joel sat in with you guys and, and brought keys uh -huh. into your sound? What do you think that would do to Mosey Beat having keys? in added into your dynamic okay can i change my answer i want can i get three people i'll take <laughs> i'll take i'll take joel bayless on vocals and stay sick and i want to do august <laughs> just replace the whole band here. <laughs> do a band switch do a late night band switch there you go <laughs> we got, to sing august right i think if we got joel in to jam Obviously, it would be sick. He's a phenomenal player. Yeah, that would be really cool. Um, Some dank spaces. We like. never play with keyboards. Like, I don't think you've ever played with keyboards with us. We've had horn players sit in. Yeah. Um, we played. But in our area, it's not also. Like, I don't. I can't think of a prominent so, jam keyboardist in our area. I guess if Joel would sit in, the, the, the way it would change would be that we'd have a little bit more space. So. I'm sure you hear when, when you hear us play, we're all filling in like as much space we can. Blair and I have always been like that. And I think Thomas really jumps on that vibe too, where like we have so much that we can work with. Like uh, it's almost like you can play two instruments at the same time and it's, it's, you know, you're filling in that much space. So if we had to like pull out a little bit, I feel like we'd come up with more like more open sounding ideas where i think we would let a lot more space breathe and it wouldn't be as progressive having keyboards like i feel like we would probably end up into more of like a like a dank some funk spacey, spacey jams mm -hmm. like not that we don't do some of that already but i, I think like that's, that's where, where it, would, it would go with joel like i feel like i'd see that textured layer thing some like real real dank Dang baseline. Give him like a ripping solo in there or something. For sure. Well, you'd have to, of course. Like sitting. Yes, I think that's where we'd end up is that kind of like dirty, danky, you know, funk yeah. stuff. I think he'd get real weird with us. Yeah, because I have I have a tendency, unfortunately, well, I'm mean, not unfortunate. I have a tendency to want to go heavy with a lot of jams. And always. But. But when it's a, when it's the three of us, it's easy to do that. It is, and yeah. I feel like with a keyboard player sitting in, if I were to go heavy with the jam, like go from a dancey thing into a heavy thing, it, it would work, but it, it wouldn't be highlighting the guest, you know, mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. we'd want to highlight the guest. Right. So that would be where I'd go. So Joel, if you want to sit in with Mosey Beat ever, <laughs> we're going to do some dank, stanky funk jams and... Thanks, thanks. There'll be a little space mixed in. Wait, You'll have to run like a Nord, though, because none of us are on a keyboard. 
<laughs> you got to bring your own equipment, bro. We, we, we don't have that for you. Sorry. <laughs> if you want, the offer's there. You can sit in with us. I also don't do roadies, but I might be able to get a friend to help carry stuff in. <laughs> <laughs> so what are your thoughts? And I guess this question would be really directed toward Blair and Taylor because you guys have been Umphreys fans for as long as you have been. What are your thoughts on, I mean, first of all, this being their 25th year, so that longevity is a band, and kind of how that reflects on your own timeline of being an Umphreys fan? Because I know for me, I'm like, man, I was an Umphreys fan before I had like two of my kids and, you know, just kind of all the life things that I've gone through in this time frame. And then talk about their level of playing this past year i mean for me personally i'm just blown away which is so interesting with them have been playing for 25 years they're still playing at such a high caliber so talk a little bit about that so that's funny that you actually kind of sum that up into a question because i kind of had like this type of thought while i was seeing them for their 25th birthday show at the capitol um i was i was standing there watching and it was right like after we sang like happy birthday to them they went into like wappy spray but like right around those moments like i was just like kind of thinking about like wow 25 years like you know that's that's crazy like you know that's a crazy long time for them to be doing it considering you know i'm 30 so they've been doing it since i was five and to feel like i've been a part of you know that since uh 2011 i first heard them didn't go to my show first show till 2012 i think it was or something like that and um it was it's like crazy to think about like where i was when i first saw them i was in college going for a degree in filmmaking that i didn't uh you know i was like sold on it sure from high school but like I played music my whole life, just never really thought it was an option. Humphreys changed like that view in me when I first heard them. I was like, wait, you can do that with music? Like, I want to be doing stuff like that, like on that caliber. So you, it's funny that you bring up that caliber thing because they've only gotten better since mm-hmm. since I first started even listening to them and seeing them. And um, to to the point where they're at now, it's been so inspirational because it's like, it's it's like I've been able to grow alongside them in a way that's like because I look at them like teachers and, and it's like you know I'm watching Chris do his thing and I've even gotten to take some lessons with them this that, and the other thing it's like been able to get that hands-on experience but it's like you also are seeing these people that are just like further along the path than you are and they're just mm-hmm. so like wow you guys are really like mastering your crafts to like an exponential level and you know it really shows in 25 years like that they're still able to do it it's like it it you know, it's it's no wonder that they they do keep doing it is because I imagine they're having so much fun while they're doing it. Like you can just tell, you know. It's I like, mean, I'd have to agree with that. I think that they're probably, you know, like it. You well, undoubtedly they are musicians. Like they can't put it down. And like I think it's cool to see the way that you know in just the past 10 years that I've been listening to them, that they've progressed in their songwriting capabilities or, you know, the way that they're hearing things to express the music and to jam. And I think that comes with their maturity as a band. And also again, like bringing back to what you were saying about maturity as people is like, you know, they're, 
they've all grown even in that time that we've seen them as we're growing they're growing and, mm-hmm. and it's a band too and i think one of the coolest things like about them is that they're just they're doing it for the love of doing it you can tell it's not like they're doing like a cash grab it's not right. like 25th yep. anniversary last tour never mind we're going out on the 26th you know yep. like, it's like they're, yeah. they're totally doing it because they love it and that's what i mean by the fun part of it yeah it's it's definitely a thing where i'd say that they are like continuously progressing like and I'm just going to say that there has been no peak years yet. It's just like everything's yeah. a peak in a valley in life, right? Oh, <laughs> so, <laughs> oh seven, man. I'm like, no, they didn't. They <laughs> went to a valley and now they're at another peak. It's like, yeah. it's just, a, it's how life works, you know? Yeah. Your, your whole day can't be all high energy. Nope. Your whole day can't be the best thing ever because you, you'll never appreciate it. I beg right. Yeah. Hashtag, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But also, like seeing seeing what they do and what they've done in 25 years encourages us, especially Blair and I being in this together for 10 years. We've been playing yeah. in a band together, which is funny because that's as long as I've listened to Humphreys. I was always um, of the mindset that I would be a musician. Like even since I was a young kid, um, I told my mom I was going to be a professional musician. And I was a drummer, so I thought I was going to do it on drums. So I went to school for that and everything. And when I started playing guitar in high school. I just really wanted to keep playing guitar. And so even after college, when I was doing drum stuff and I was writing songs on my acoustic guitar, it was kind of like in the style of G love and things like that. Mm-hmm. More, you know, rap, acoustic stuff. Blair kind of was getting back into playing drums and uh, we started jamming and, and created the band 10 years ago or, or just, yeah. Over, just, yeah. Yeah. Just over just 10 over years 10 now. Years. Um, and it's just like, it's amazing. Cause we went through a couple different iterations with, you know, two different bass players that were solid bass players for us, a couple fill-in bass players. There was a time when Blair moved to California before I did, um, and we were going to all move out there together. Like Blair was going to move out there. I was going to move out there. And so was our, our original bass player, but I moved out there and then the bass player never came. So then Blair and I moved back to the East coast <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, we found another bass player because our bass player got busy with having a kid and stuff. And so it's like, we've been through a bunch of different changes and, you know, musically and with just the, the lineup, but Blair and I have remained c- consistent. And it's like really amazing that like I get to play music with my brother, um, but we get to do it in our own way. We're not just playing mm-hmm. other people's music all the time. You and know? I think like the other thing that keeps us going is like that, the love for not only the music, but like we see the progression, you know, that we've done even, you know, and it's like, just like Humphreys, it's like, I feel like the progression is almost, you know, sure you love doing it and have fun doing it, but the progression in you is is also addictive in certain rights. Like when yeah. you're doing something you love and it's like, you notice yourself getting better at it or whatever, it's like that, that becomes addicting and mm-hmm. you want to you want to even work harder to get even better, right? So it's like, no wonder why Umphreys has gotten, you know, exponentially better even over the past 10 years. Like, yeah. you know, there's, it's because it's highly addictive what they're doing. And, you know, even to the fans it is, you know, it's yeah. it's that energy. It's like, it's so pure. It's like, it's from, it's coming from the, the pure places, you know what I mean, inside. And that's, I think, um, you know, where the longevity comes from, ultimately. I have to imagine, too, the same feeling that we get when we start booking 
newer gigs or getting bigger gigs for ourselves. Like, like I, I mean, in 10 years, I, I do all the booking with, um, with the band and it's been like, okay, we started at this one bar and then we got like this other bar. Now it's like we had like four bars. Yeah, we did play. We played it in an Applebee's. Yeah, we got an Applebee's that our bass player worked at. That was a great show. So much fun. Can't find any recordings of it though. It's the elusive Applebee show. Yeah. So sixth grade, you're doing. Oh yeah. Thomas is a bit younger than us. He Thomas is like yeah. He's like seven years younger than me. I think. Yeah. So he was like barely in middle school when we first started playing at the Applebee's. Yes, it was like, <laughs> where are you doing? You should have been with us. Here's like, middle school. I was ordering up the children's menu. I was in the corner. I didn't know he was on trumpet back then. He was busy doing the, the maze on the kids menu. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Can I <have> another <laughs> <laughs> But I, I definitely feel like that addiction feeling though of like when you play these when you get more opportunities it's like it's a rush every time we book a new thing and we've got a lot of cool announcements coming up that i can't talk about yet but we're really excited to be a part of and if you keep an eye on the website or facebook or instagram whatever you'll always see our announcements of our shows and everything but we've got a couple of them coming up this summer and stuff that we're really stoked to be on and um it just it feels good like to see progression in yourself and I, I can only imagine that Umphreys feels the same way when they moved out of, you know, playing small pubs and, and clubs and into theaters and venues, you know? Yeah. Yeah. For sure. For sure. We're getting to play a place like Iceland. Oh, my God. Oh. <laughs> Could you imagine? That? I mean, I was there and that room was amazing. And uh, almost a year later, we're creeping up on, on a year that I was there and it doesn't feel like it really happened <laughs> it's like a dream reality it's like so short-lived oh only a few days so it's like you really are trying to absorb all that experience in in a matter of you know how is it 72 hours or more right so it's like for sure it's that's that's quite the trip and i saw so many pictures from that and you know from friends and just from umphreys in general and it's just like wow what an incredible experience that must have been and i hope they do it again <laughs> for sure i mean i'm like flying home and i'm like did i just see umphreys in iceland like <laughs> did that, that just so happen yeah. <laughs> i would definitely go back in a heartbeat um so a lot of bands are announcing all sorts of tours this summer it feels like so many people are touring this year who are some other people that you're maybe hoping to see or you are going to be seeing um, this summer coming up? Dopapod. Yeah. Nice. We've, Love we've been staying a bunch the past couple of years, and unfortunately, we're not going to be able to see them when they're in our area in April because they're playing the Sherman and the Ardmore, but we are going to be up in Vermont playing our own shows, Vermont, Rhode Island, and Massachusetts. So it's a good, fair trade to miss, but I hope to see Dopapod this summer. It'd be cool to see Spafford again. Um, there's a, and and again, we're not going to see them because we're going to be playing in Pittsburgh when they're in our area. So it's like, we keep like near missing. But other than that, I think that, I mean, I like to go out and see um, the bands. Like when we get on these smaller festival lineups, like the local bands on there, I like mm -hmm. going to those. And there's some really fun ones out in Pittsburgh that we've been playing the past couple of years. This band Trailheads and another band Habitat that have been doing some cool stuff. 
that we've seen a couple of times. They're always fun to watch, you know. Um, but as far as like touring bands go, like uh, the band Squeaky Feet, they were just in New York. And I was mm-hmm. hoping that they were coming down our way in Pennsylvania. We had heard rumors to save a date for a thing that they were coming down for. And then they, I guess they ended up going further north instead. Um, so I'd like to see them play live. I watched a bunch of their videos. They're really good. Um, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, there's oh, there's always stuff that, that I want to see. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's just like yeah. things are popping up and we're like, oh, I want to go see that now. It's tough because of how, like, we, we also, like, are so focused on booking our own shows and playing our own shows that we're just like, yeah, whatever we can get to, we'll get to. I feel like the only thing that we ever are just like, yeah, no, we'll set this aside is like Stone Pony Humphreys. Yeah. 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 For sure. So. For sure. We just set us like a capital this year, too. We knew yeah. that we were going to go to that run. Right. Well, it's the birthday show. I think Humphreys is the only band that we've uh, scheduled our life around. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Same. Same. <laughs> it's like I absolutely need a babysitter when it's an Humphrey show. <laughs> yeah. All of them, consider the sources in the end. Yeah. A lot of to check them out. They get really weird. Yeah. And they have some fun stuff. A lot fun um, watching them play. Um, just very, very good musicians. Um, but there's some other bands that, you know, I would, I would definitely like to uh, see if they come in the area. Um, what was the, what was the one of the ones I was thinking of that I haven't seen? I can't think of their name right now. Papadocia? No. Oh, I want to see String Cheese if they do something. Uh, I would love to. I'd love to see them too. Yeah. Yeah. They are so good. They're a trio too. Like, that's, that's yep. yeah. We should get on we should see if we can get on stage with them and they'll do a trio one way and we'll do a trio the other way and then we'll make like a star of David. <laughs> <laughs> I like this idea, <laughs> which, whichever, you know, suits your personal, you know, <laughs> well, we can make it like real trippy, like where maybe the stage moves so that like we can move into the pentagram and then move out and then move into the Star David. It'll be like totally trippy. The, the colors will change on the lights. <laughs> Let's special. We got to talk. <laughs> I love this idea. This is great. All right. So through this interview, we need to reach out to Joel. We need to reach out to Let's Special. All right. I'm making. I'm making notes. <laughs> make, make, we got to come to Buffalo. There's yes. a lot of stuff yes. to do now. You just made our summer a lot more busy, which is great. <laughs> well, you guys should come to Buffalo and see Umphreys. Anyways, they're playing that last show here, and then they're off for like the entire month of July until mid-August and their last show is here in Buffalo. So we're considering it to be honest. Yeah, maybe we will. Maybe we can find a nice after party somewhere that we can play. Hey, I'm serious guys. Send me, send me some stuff and I will take it downtown to the uh, venues. I know would would book you guys. Ironworks, Doom Flamingos plays there and stuff. And, and the specials play there at Ironworks. So I'm serious. Send me some stuff. We'll get you guys in Buffalo. I will definitely be sending you our press kit. Yeah, please do. Please do. Okay. So I wanted to try something new. It's the first, first interview I'm doing it and uh, end on some rapid fire questions. So I want each of you to answer each question 
that I ask. Okay. okay so first question, what was your first concert? Tom Scott. Um, either Jason Bonham, what's up one experience? Nice. That's, that's a great way to start. <laughs> Uh, mine was Weird Al Yankovic. Mine was also Weird Al Yankovic. Nice. <laughs> I'm kind of jealous. I would love to see him live. The only thing I remember is he did a conga line with his accordion, and it was sick. <laughs> <laughs> That's I, great. How how old were you guys? I was in third grade. I yeah, I would have been like fourth grade, grade or fifth grade. Was, yeah, I was in second or third grade. Yeah. Somewhere in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so name an album that changed your life. Ooh. Uh, changed my life? On, um, uh, that's hard. All right, I'm going to have to go with like old school here. Um, it's going to have to be, uh, it's going to have to be The Offspring. Um, I'm going to say the Come Out and Play one. Nice. Uh, whenever that one was, that, that was uh, the first album I remember really putting on the CD player a lot. Man. Nice. That is a tough one. I have to say, uh, All Things Must Pass by George Harrison. I think that was like yes. still yes. my all-time favorite album, I think. Yeah, it's a phenomenal album. He was just nesting those songs that whole time in the Beatles. He was just stashing those songs away. <laughs> he had something good. <laughs> <laughs> um. You know, I think for me, I think like uh, the first album I recall like playing on repeat was Offspring Smash. Mm -hmm. That was yeah, that was pretty early on. I was like, not the one that come out and play on it. Yeah, that was yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the same album. Yeah, yeah. Cool. No, same album. No, no, different years is. You said uh, I don't know, right? No, is that is that off Americana? I thought that was a one of them was. We're gonna have to another thing. We gotta look at it. <laughs> gotta look at it. Okay, so here's another hard one for you. All right. What What is a song that you wish you wrote? Wow. Freebird. <laughs> that, see, we gotta everybody bring it. Would, everybody would be saying it. The royalty. <laughs> the royalty. I'd be set for life. <laughs> I'd be figuring out what bars to avoid so that way I didn't run Okay, so my only my only ask then is my first Mosey Beat show. You guys got to at least tease Freebird for me. Oh, no, what? <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, all right. And nobody else will get the joke. So, I mean, it'll be great. <laughs> funny. Now, I guess I have to say, I wish I wrote, like, Birdland or, like, Teen Town or one of those, like, famous Weather Report songs. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I wish I wrote happy birthday. <laughs> <laughs> Talk it's about royalties. royalties. <laughs> no royalties with happy birthday. He's <laughs> a legend. Yeah, right? Francis Scott Key. Uh, I think my real answer would probably be um, Eruption by Van Halen. That would have been sick oh, to yeah. write. I'd be sick to play, so. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. All right, a little easier one for you. What is your favorite meal? Um, that's tough. <laughs> that's an easy one. <laughs> that is tough. What's for dinner? Um, uh, yes, Katie. Ah, I did it first. <laughs> right, that is actually my favorite. I'm gonna say, uh, um, hmm. ooh, 
This will be controversial. Pizza with ham, pineapple, and jalapenos, roasted jalapenos. Oh, that sounds delicious. Oh, yeah. I'd fuck that up. It is amazing. <laughs> oh, it's so good. Nice. I yeah. love food, so I'll say anything. Yeah, that's how I feel, too. I'm like, food? Yeah, okay, yes. That that was the answer, right? Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All of it. <laughs> All right. So last question for you guys. What does rock and roll mean to you? Uh, so for me, rock and roll is about the unsteadiness or the unknowingness of the of the future of the future moments, you know? You have your rock, which is your current moment, and then your future moments are what's rolling to you, and you can only roll with it. You know, you can't fight it, you can't go back. Nice. Wow, that was, that was. That was really life. fucking profound. That was, that was profound, that was dude. Was, I was just gonna say, babes, babes, and more babes. No, <laughs> he went I'm so like, scholar on all of us there <laughs> no that's so good no i agree with that like it, it's a it, rock and roll to me it's like it's uh it's that energy it's like um you know being able to just be in the moment and, and then forget about everything else and just being able to let yourself go to the music and just you know let the music flow through you to the point where you can't even control your body's limbs anymore yeah, I'd say on like a similar thread. I think like rock and roll for me, it's like a genre that you can bend or twist or pull any way. Nice. It's still rock and roll. Yeah, rock and roll to me. <laughs> I like that. I like it. All right, is there anything else you guys want to end on? Uh, just check out our website, nicetv.com. Check out our socials, YouTube, our YouTube, and stuff like that. But yeah, please listen to the Pine Ridge thing and and drop us a comment on our socials so you think. If you listen to it, good, bad, or in between, we don't care. We all got tough skin. We'll take any of the clout. I only cry <laughs> behind the camera. <laughs> Turns camera onto selfie mode. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, we hope to see you guys at a at a show sometime, and uh, we'll we'll try our best to get up to Buffalo uh, yeah. this year. Let's do it. Make it yeah. happen. We're gonna make it happen. Do my best. Yeah. And we'll do ours. We appreciate you so much. Thank you for having us. Yeah, seriously. Of, uh, of course. Yeah, of course. Anytime. And and my camera's being stupid, but I am rocking my Mosey Beach shirt right now. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I, I love it. I've been wearing it the past three years. It's it's great. It's a little worn out. So it's okay, though. It's loved. That's, right. that's yeah, important. We'll, we'll make sure we have some in stock when we come up to Buffalo. <laughs> Yeah. And some of those stickers too. Do not yeah, forget. Do you rock? Uh, do you rock baseball hats? I know you usually rock beanies. Yeah, I yeah, I will definitely wear a baseball hat as soon as the weather gets a little warmer and I don't have to cover my ears so often. But yeah, <laughs> I definitely will. <laughs> we'll, we'll get we'll, we'll give you that for your new merch. It'll be a, a baseball hat for and thanks you know for thanks for having us on and stuff. Yeah, I'll, that would be great. I would totally wear the shit out of that for sure. <laughs> Awesome. Well, it was great to catch up with you guys. It was great to see you. And, you know, anytime you guys got new stuff going on, you always got a place here on the show. So thank you so much. Thank you. And it's always, it's always a pleasure talking with you and chatting with you. It's it's always a good time. So 
For yeah, sure. One of these days we'll get to hang in person. So yes, make it to Buffalo. And it was wonderful meeting you, Thomas. It was wonderful meeting you too. Thank you yeah. so much for your time, guys. Thank you. Thanks again. We gotta pack up for a gig now. <laughs> yes, I saw that on one of the socials that you guys were playing tonight. So have a great show tonight. Thank, Thank you. you so much. We will. All right, we'll take care. You see ya. Bye. Bye-bye. I tell you, Carl, there's a lot of people out there who have either band or, or they have a business or they're an artist and then you know they're looking to reach this music loving traveling music fan mm-hmm. kind of world which can be elusive yes they're dreamers yes like-minded people what better way than through dropped among this crowd if you want to if you want to cre- if you have a podcast you want to create mm-hmm. sarah can provide a platform she can pli- she can provide um, promotion on social media she can provide an engineer um, or if you want to advertise or if you have any big idea particularly with the artists mm-hmm. you want to email sarah at d atcmediacompany.com She can provide, again, a platform for your podcast, social media promotion. Uh, she can even provide an engineer. Because, folks, you know, you want to reach fellow Humphreys fans or jam fans or music industry people or musicians or just people who love music and travel for it or, as in the case of Stu on this, mm-hmm. foodies. Mm-hmm. Music-loving foodies. That's right. And if y'all need any help with recipes, you need to get a hold of me. Yeah, you need to get Carl directly. But if you want stuff with promotion and social media savvy and a podcast platform, you want to email Sarah at datcmediacompany.com. Sarah at datcmediacompany.com. Correct. You want to know how to peel and cut an onion? You talk to me. That's Carl. You want to put out a podcast? You want to put out some material some artistic expressions that that you want to get paid for you contact sarah j and if you have old cassettes that you don't know what to do with you send them to me rob turner <laughs> hey this is rob turner i hope you're enjoying this podcast on the dropped among this crowd media network but my friend jimmy knowledge and i also have a podcast on this network that we'd like you to listen to don't we jimmy called the umphreys wow show what we're doing at least in this season it uh, we're perfectly willing to let the podcast evolve over the course of time but season one we're going through various old school umphreys mcgee songs and exploring them with comments from the band and from the listeners generally we have a side a that's more of a general overview and then we have a side b where jimmy knowledge signs even more than usual right jimmy tell them about side b side b is for the curious, the folks that have their scuba gear on and are diving deeper into the improv world and and uh, a lot of the the gooey goodness that happens in in each of these songs. They they all have a unique personality, and we explore that. The best versions of the song, the the uh, traces of where the song came from, and the songs that came from improvisation out of these songs, and then. We have a metal round with a guest from the Umphreys world. And they each, Jimmy, myself, and the guest pick their top three versions of said song. And then you, the listener, vote on them. And there is some waxing poetic. Not too much. Well, maybe sometimes too much. But we appreciate if you give us a chance and listen. It's the Umphreys Wow Show on Dropped Among This Crowd Media. Thank you, Sarah.
All right, so that's everything I have for this week of the show. Thank you so much again to Taylor, Blair, and Thomas for taking the time to chat. Such a blast. Definitely check these guys out if you can, and for sure, give their new live album, Live at Pine Ridge Festival, a spin. You will not be disappointed. I promise. There's a bunch of links in the show notes for where you can check out everything Mosey Beat and for anything else that I may have referenced throughout this episode. Also in the show notes, you'll find more information for how you can support DATC Media on Patreon. 14-day free trials are now available, giving you a taste of the content you'll have access to as a subscriber If you are a Patreon subscriber, you got access to this episode before it hit the airwaves and other episodes that I'm doing, interviews that might be a little long. I'm going to cut them off and put some content on Patreon for those folks. And there's some also very, very cool things coming very soon for those that are Patreon supporters. So check it out patreon.com slash DATC Media Company. Thank you so much for joining me. I'll see you around these parts next week. Mad love.